Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's another week, it's another episode of Cincy Brewcast. I'm your uh, guide through Cincinnati craft beer nirvana, uh, the gnarly gnome. Welcome <laughs> welcome back to the, the podcast, welcome back to um, uh, a week after a week off because of my uh, little girl's birthday. So I'm sorry that I missed an episode, but we're back and this is an exciting one. No, we're not in Boston, we are in OTR. But we're at Sam Adams. This is this is a really exciting show for for me, um, person. Probably you know, I'm sure a lot of people are in uh, the same boat I am, and that uh, I hate calling it gateway beers or gateway breweries because I think that's kind of a cop out to what they really are. But um, Sam Adams was a lot of people's way into craft beer. Um, even still, it's one of those breweries that if you're in the middle of nowhere at some little dive bar there's Sam Adams <laughs> it's like so it's the savior of some of those yeah. moments where you're like oh no yeah, what am I gonna sure. do and there it is it's right there the <laughs> shining beacon of happiness so um, Sam Adams is a very special brewery to, to I know for me and, and I assume for a lot of people listening to the show so yeah, it's a fun one. Well. Yeah. Uh, Chris Siegman thank you very much for coming back to the show it's been a long time it has been uh, yeah absolutely volume one episode something or other <laughs> um, the craft draft at uh, Rheingeist where oh. um, heading into um, Cincy Beer Week when that was still a thing I right. believe was yeah, we snacked you for a couple back. minutes. Yeah. I think you were at Mount Carmel at the time. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll get into goes back. Yeah. your whole story of how you ended up here. Sure. Because um, it's kind of a, a nice little meandering road through uh, a lot of places here in town, a lot of the places that have kind of their, their fingerprint on all of these breweries. But first, we have to drink some beer because it is a beer podcast, and that's what we do. The beer it's my favorite segment. <laughs> um, we're going to dive into a flight here in a little bit, but I'm starting out with... What do you uh, got there? Yeah. The, uh, the old standby. I promised on the last episode that since we were at Sam Adams, I was going to be drinking a Boston lager because it's Sam Adams. <laughs> and Boston lager is... Um, you know, it's flagship February. That's the, that's the thing going on, and this is clearly a flagship beer. If there's any flagship beer in the country, it really um, is. Yeah. And so, um, tell me a little bit about this. Number one, what is the style of Boston Lager? Is it a Vienna Lager? Is it an Amber Lager? Is it just a Boston Lager? Is it, is, <laughs> it is a Boston Lager. Um, it, you could call it an Amber Lager. You can call it a Boston Lager or um, a Vienna Lager, but. To me, there is nothing out there like it, and I'm brewed in America. Uh, it is a it is a Boston lager. So, um, and this one is brewed across the street, right? Yep. At the uh, yep the big. This was not the, brewed here, correct? Yeah. Um, it was brewed right. Well, there, it was not so. brewed in this building. <laughs> it's about as close as you can get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it it's that you know it's it's easy drinking if it's hot outside it's nice and refreshing it's clean it uh it, it, it fits that kind yep. of uh, that, that i hate using the word refreshing because it's again kind of a cop-up but it's refreshing yep but then in the same hand if it's a little cold a little rainy outside there's enough going on in this beer that it satisfies that kind of that 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 beer drinker geekiness too where you can kind of dive in and find some some layers of stuff later sure. in there. Um, and if Jim Cook's listening right now, maybe... Yeah, I think he's probably a regular <laughs> listener of the show. Um, he would tell you that uh, it does not lack flavor. It, it is a flavorful beer. Um, 
very, I mean, it, it has multi components and it is a lager. And if, you know, if you think today's standards, you know, there's all these, you know, crazy new beers that come out every day. Um, but this beer does not lack flavor. And, and it's a perfect balance of um, just the malt complexities, the hops. Um, so the hops that they use here. Noble hops, right? Noble hops. <laughs> no, it, it is the noblest of noble hops. It is. Um, he, he goes out and he picks the... We've he, seen the commercials. Yeah, yeah. So. No, but I mean, it is it is 100% true. I love it. Um, uh, I think it's, what, seventh generation of this one lot of Hollertau, Hollertau. Goes out, lot picks, smells it. I mean... It's some the, kind of... It's like a family-owned hop farm. Yes. has been there for forever. Kind forever. Of like, you know, yes, like forever. Forever in, in terms that we in the United States don't really <laughs> we understand. We don't even understand it. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um... So, he, he, there is no cutting corners on this beer, and I think I think it shows. So, well, and and what's what's almost frustrating for you know somebody you know like me, and I'm I'm probably guilty of it too, plenty of times. Is there's so many times where you just walk right past this beer, run into something, even here when you walk into this tap room, there's ton of stuff on tap. There's you know five one three that's exclusive to Cincinnati. There's four tap room exclusive beers. There's you know, some some really fantastic stuff. Sure. You know the New England IPA. I mean like there's there's things that shine very brightly. And then Boston Lager. I think sometimes we just miss out on because we've seen it a million times. And I think that's it, it's it, a tragedy. I guess you know it's the best. It way is. To, it's a little dramatic to call it a tragedy, but it is. And to be honest, I have a feeling it's going to come back around. For, like. I think it's almost like you know you go out and there's you know you're mesmerized by all this flash and all this stuff and then at the end of the day you know you kind of come back to what you know is fantastic and, right and so um, I, I think you're gonna see that a lot more to be quite honest well with you, I'm, so. I'm definitely enjoying it tonight I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it's maybe just being in this tap room and you know having the same Adams brand right there in front of you and you know the, the mural on the wall that you know kind of taps into the history a little bit and some of the uh, you know the the, the Sam Adams story, I guess. Sure. Um, but when you sit down and you drink it in, you know, the perfect pint glass that was designed for the beer, it, everything uh, about absolutely. it just fits yeah. perfectly. And um, for that reason and many others, I'm so glad that this tap room is here. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, so let's let's jump topics because that's what we do. It's ADD podcasting at the finest. Sure. Um, uh, let's kind of get into your story a little bit. Um, how you ended up here. Okay. Um, you had kind of a, a, a career started in uh, kind of the design world, is that right, before you got Absolutely. into beer? Absolutely. Sounds like you may have done your homework <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> um, what got you into, Sure. What, what, where did that jump happen? Obviously, home brewing, but... Um, yeah, so I'll kind of give you a, a quick story of my life. Um, uh post-college, I guess. So I went to school for graphic design. Um, kind of a, a, Art has always kind of been uh, a passion of mine for the most part. Um, so graphic design for school uh, during that time. Uh, this was up in Eastern Michigan, which is um, basically Ann Arbor, um, 2001. Paint the, paint the timeline picture for you. Not a huge craft uh, you know, beer scene at that point, but up in Michigan it was right. definitely bigger than Ohio. Um, and I had started working at this little mom and pop um, beer store, and at that point they had it was full of bells and it was full of all just all these kind of like local or Canadian uh, craft breweries, and I had never seen anything like it. Um, 
you know, Bell's had, I don't know, 10, 15 different kind of weird styles right. and, you know, batch 1600 and whatever. It's, it's, it's hard like, to remember that giddiness <laughs> yeah, as a yeah. beer drinker when yeah. you finally figure out, oh my God, there's all of this out there. Right. You're just trying to try as much as yeah. possible and so, every day is something new. And yeah. So fortunately for me, I was working at this place. So every day I'd get off and I'd have a new six pack to try every day. Right. So, um... But fast forward a couple of years, I had graduated from school, uh, graphic design degree, um, started working at a package design company. Um, it was okay. Uh, it, I wouldn't say it was a huge passion of mine. It just some I, I had an itch that wasn't getting scratched. So, um, and this was for like maybe three or four years. And then my sister actually, I got to give her credit for this, um, bought me a homebrew kit for Christmas. And um, I thought to myself, hmm, uh, you can brew this stuff that I mean, I'd <laughs> enjoyed craft beer. Yeah, like this can be done in your basement or at home or on your kit in your kitchen, whatever. And I'm like, uh, okay, like it was like it was just that. It was just that light bulb, you know, like you hear about that from people all the time, like oh, this light bulb switch, and like you, your path was then clear. So that's exactly what happened. Path was clear. Um, so from there, uh, it was how do I. How do I turn this into? <laughs> how, how, do how, do how do I make money? How do I make money? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, the home like I don't know anybody that homebrews out there. It's uh, it it can get pretty expensive pretty quick with all the toys and stuff that you end up buying. So um, yeah, I, I had to figure out how to make money doing this so that I could I could make a living out of it because yeah, it, it, it the path was clear. So um, because of that. Uh, I was just reading every book I could on it, homebrewing right. every weekend, um, uh, tr and trying to figure out a way to to get in the door somewhere commercially. So, um, and I'll give another shout out to Jared Hamilton, who was at uh, Mount Carmel at the time. Uh, he was the, I guess, head brewer, um, and he, uh, through him which was like a weird connection at work like the receptionist knew i think his girlfriend or something at the time mm -hmm. so it was kind of this weird thing um but met him and he was super nice about it and said yeah man let me see what i can do and he ended up getting me a uh, like a one night a week bartending gig at mount carmel so from there uh started working you know the tap room one night a week and hoping that that somebody would leave and that something would happen or whatever that that I would have the chance to to uh, to get in the door and and it, that that's what happened. So um, along that time, I'd been homebrewing and entered some I've been entering beers and homebrew competitions and uh, ended up getting best of show at October's best homebrew competition around that same time when I think uh, I think uh, Virgil had left. Uh, I think he went to eight ball at the time. Right. Um, so uh, I think Mike Dewey was hesitant about hiring me because I had this job. It was it was more just like he didn't want me to fuck up my career or like whatever. <laughs> so I'm like, look, like yeah, I'm really passionate about it here. I won this homebrew competition. Like, take a chance on me. It'll, you know, be fine. And uh, so he did, and that's kind of how I got into Mount Carmel. Um, uh, started kind of doing seller work at first and pack you know packaging and. And I can actually remember, I think it was like my first week, and it was like really, really cold and rainy and shitty out, and I don't know if you've, you've been there, there. Yeah. It's, there's no air conditioning or right. heat or anything like that, it's just kind of this open thing. And oh, Tap room's a little nicer now. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> which, yeah, it's amazing now. Um, but I just remember, like, I'm, I'm on the, I'm catching at the bottling line, and it's, you know, I'm just 
stacking case after case and I'm sweating and freezing and the freezes, the, the, the sweat is sticking to me because I'm frozen. And I just remember thinking to myself like, I fucked up. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I'm like, I wonder if I was in the office right now, I bet there's, I bet somebody brought donuts today. I bet it was like, you know, like you'd just be at my desk doing whatever. So anyway, that, that, that first week was pretty rough, but, but, uh, but it got better and it was, and, uh, I kind of worked my way up to, to head brewer there. So and then from there, uh, the journey over to 50 West Yep. Um, at the same time, you kind of got overshadowed a little bit when you jumped over to 50 West because you <laughs> saw at the same time as, uh, as, uh, as Scott, as Scott Blank yeah. Slate was coming over. For sure, so yeah. The story was, Blank Slate, Scott LaFalla <laughs> is going to 50 West. Oh, and Chris Vegan's going to... <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> it's just exactly this little right. byline in there. <laughs> but... Well, that's okay. I mean, I don't mind flying under the radar um, sometimes. So. Got the chance to, to work there with a... A company that is very different than what Mount Carmel was. It was very different. This really crazy period of growth for them, um, and the chance to to work with Scott, which I'm sure is um, something that a lot of people around town would uh, um, sell a, a limb. Sure. <laughs> um, no, Scott is absolutely great. Um, I really enjoyed my time working with him. That is a fact for sure. And then from there to Sam Adams. Yeah. Um, was it as simple as just seeing a job posted or is it more along the, the line of connections? I, you know, nothing against you. I was very surprised that they hired locally <laughs> instead of just pulling somebody from across the street or from sure. Boston or, or, or wherever. Um, it, w- it was not... I, it was 100% not an easy decision. Um, and I would... I wasn't like fully actively looking. I wasn't looking to go anywhere. I was actually very happy at, at 50 West. I think they're doing some great stuff. I, I was excited to be on board with what they're doing. Um, I think they're I think they're on the right path to do some fantastic stuff. Um, and they got a great team there, and it's just a positive vibe there right. for sure. Not to mention it's just having the two brew houses and the ability to just create um, you know unique beers uh, all the time. Um, was was actually like a big that 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 scratched the itch that that I was kind of looking for. Right. So um, no, it it, it kind of come up through some uh, um, uh, some people in the industry that I knew that hey there was kind of this offer out there and I was I'm always open to hear what anyone has to say as far as like my career goes or whatever so like well, and it's when it's Sam Adams you kind of listen so but it, on the surface it's very easy for Sam Adams this behemoth of yep. craft beer to come into Cincinnati and put a little taproom in and serve some Boston lager and maybe a couple of those seasons they have tons of seasonals that they do that we don't ever sure. even see around town yeah and just make that be what it is it's a tap room that is you know right next to Finley Market you know you can you could do that and sure. it would do great yeah so as a brewer I imagine there there has to be a little bit of uh, hesitation like alright what yeah. is this place going to yeah. be and, right. and what's the story and we it, and that was another thing uh, we kind of went back and forth on that a little bit because I was actually having trouble wrapping my mind around what was being asked of me to do like like yeah it's same Adams. like yeah you got all these people like what do you need me for like what do you, you know what do you, and uh i mean the response was like we've seen what you can do we we want um uh we just want to 
yes, we can brew all these other beers, but we want to, we want some local insight into what's going on around here. And we want some fresh new beers to come out from you. Like this, we want, we want your take on. It. We want to listen to you. We want to listen to Cincinnati. We want to listen to what's going on around here. So I, I was like, okay, so it's a little bit of weight on your shoulders, though, too. <laughs> yeah. You know, these these beers that you create here, they're Sam Adams. You know, they these are. Yeah. When somebody comes and sits at this bar and tries a beer that you created on on a nano system, and we'll talk about the system, it's not really, <laughs> but on a tiny little system, these beers become that person's impression of Sam Adams a lot of times. Yeah, no pressure there, right? I, I, although yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure they've had it before, <laughs> but, um, you know, that's, that is a lot of pressure. And then tack on to that, that now you're becoming this voice to this company of what's happening in Cincinnati and what, what is popular and what is not and what is what is working and what isn't like that's that, that's a that's a lot of pressure yeah <laughs> it's, well it's thank a, you i hadn't really thought about pressure. it i hadn't really thought about it very much but now that you mention it uh i think i have to go to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> well maybe we should dive into another beer right <laughs> um what do we have here? I can't read the uh, the tap on it. Number number nine is uh, number nine. Oh, it's um, a Berliner. Berliner. You, you tell me where you want us to start because you know what all these are. Okay, let's see what we got. Nine, ten. Um, let's start with ten. Um, ten is um, it's a Ruby Mild. Oh, gotcha. So so we're gonna, we're basically just going to play the the ABV game and and kind of just go up or flavor game however you want to call so it. intensity game a ruby mild i don't think that's a real style i don't think that's something it's that not exists. it's a well it's an english mild right with hopefully you can see it from this glass with ruby highlights okay. <laughs> so um yeah definitely an english mild yep has some of that um there's a little bit of the, the, the toasty nuttiness, but there's a lot of sweetness going on there, too. Um, this is definitely one that you can sit and put a few back. Yep. And that, <laughs> that is the, 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 I love quaffable as a term. This is a quaffable beer. You can, you can session it. Well, you can sit down and forget about and, it. And, you know, a, there, there are a lot of lighter beers that that works really well with. You know, I know that there's a big trend around town of these light lagers, you know, cheetah and garage beer and things like that. Sure. But, you know, if I'm at a tap room, if I'm sitting out on this patio, which I'm not right now because it looks really <laughs> cold out there, but um, this is the type of beer that I would rather drink than a light lager. Um, yep. This has flavor it's to it. It's got some flavor. It's Still got low some, ABV, yeah. so you can, again, put a few back, yep. which you know, we all kind of like to do from time to time. Yeah, it's got some complexity, some some darker um, darker malts involved, and, and uh, I mean, I get hints of raisin or, or some dark fruit in there as well. Um, so yeah, exactly. This is a, a flavorful, flavorful, quaffable ale. So this will be really good with uh, dinner. Mm-hmm. It's one of those beers I think would pair with uh, a uh, lot of different foods. Absolutely, be a yep. bratwurst or something like that. Yep, um, it's a good brisket beer. To be quite honest with you, my favorite. Yeah, oh yeah, that would be good. Yep, we need to get some brisket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I snap my fingers? And <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you can snap your fingers for brisket. <laughs> 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 Although it. you might be able to reach out the window and snap, and somebody would hear you that has brisket. Right. Right. Um, yeah, this is great. I, where do the ideas? come from when it comes time to put the next thing on um um it, variety 
it's it's kind of looking at, at our landscape of what we got on tap and then just making sure we fill a hole if we if we think you know like oh there's a bunch of hoppy beers up there let's let's dial it back with some multi beers or like no oh, there's a bunch of eight percent abv beer you know what i mean so it's just kind of trying to find that that balance that we think anybody could like go through the journey of of having um how many taps are going to be dedicated to stuff only here versus the kind of the flagship stuff or is that kind of remain to be seen still or changed know, throughout we, the year we've discussed it um i think i think where we're going to play right now is probably going to be um 50 so six at probably on the high end for now it's going to be six locals and then right. maybe five something like that but five or six it's going to be where it's at I, you know, as, as much as I think it's really cool to have taproom exclusive Sam Adams stuff, like it's, it's, is really exciting to me to see those, the bigger Sam Adams beers, the ones that you do know and have that relationship, like Boston Lager, sure. like the, the New England IPA, well, and like, I mean, I cannot get enough of 76. I drink 76 <laughs> I all the time. I actually haven't had Sam 76 for a while. I, uh, <laughs> um, the last time I had it, I think we went out for wings somewhere and I had it on tap and my god it was good with wings it's so good oh my gosh it is so good <laughs> so anybody that does not know sam 76 is that is not one that we've ever had on the show or talked about on the show it's kind of a hybrid ale lager yeah. light easy drinking uh floral yeah. but crisp if that makes That's sense exactly, it's, it's like it's like really citrus and floral hop nose up front almost like an ipa but then when you get through it, I mean, it's it finishes clean and crisp and dr- and I don't want to stop short of dry, but it just kind of evaporates, and it just you're just ready for more. Like you're ready for another. It's just and it's light on the body or like right. light on your on you know on your stomach basically. Um, you can again you can drink a, a good amount of them. It's just <laughs> that which kind of fits in my wheelhouse. It's probably my theme. Well, it, so you can, if you can drink a lot of them. To me, yeah. it fits in just with the the Sam Adams theme. Not that Sam Adams doesn't have bigger, darker, heavier beers, but when you think of Sam Adams, you think about those really quaffable, easy drinking beers. You know, mm-hmm. whenever you see Jim Cook, he's got that beer in one hand. He's sometimes <laughs> it may be a little early in the day, but he's got it there. He's sure. drinking. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes the light stuff is yeah, right. You want to leave. Um, let's keep going down the uh, sure. the, the, the flight here. Um, actually, let's let's stop and do let's do Berliner uh, nine. Yeah. So this is just straight Berliner, no fruit. Just this is just straight Berliner, no fruit. Yeah. Perfect. It's there is a trend of people creating Berliners or Gozas that are super, super tart, yep. that smack you in the face and blow out every ounce of body in the beer. Yep. Which is okay sometimes. Sometimes yep. that is what I want. But this sits more on the traditional side for me where you, uh, you can yep. taste that there's a beer there. It's not just Agreed. a bunch of lacto. That, yep. It's not um, enamel ripping. And, um, and this, <laughs> is, this is great. Great. Um, Glad you we like it. really need some warm weather for all <laughs> yeah. these beers that I'm drinking so far because they're all like I guess that's sit true. outside on the patio beers. These are great. Good. Um, so, yeah, this is actually kind of an interesting project that I'm trying to, to do here. Um, uh for as as well as the full like the automated system that I have going on back there, um, I have it's taking me a while to figure out how to do like a kettle sour 
um, which is the way these should be done for the most part if they're not actually, if you're not just adding lactobacillus or whatever to the fermenter, but we want to keep those clean. Um, so I've kind of been racking my brain about how we're going to, how am I going to get this beer tart without just dumping lactic acid in it, right? So, um, I don't know if you've heard of, uh, Sam Adams KMF, Cosmic Mother Funk. Absolutely. So this beer has 15% KMF in it and that's where the lactic, that's where the tartness comes from. I guess that's the other advantage of (laughs) being the Sam Adams brew in the tap room. Yep. (laughs) Call them up. I need Um, some KMF and kegs over here. Because that beer is, is it all brewed across the street or? It uh, it is aged across the street. Um, I'm not sure if it's fully brewed across the street. Um, but the the tunes are definitely over there. The, the fooders right. or whatever are over there. So uh, yeah, they're, it's all being aged over there. But, I mean, but that is a beer that is uh, definitely more on the sour side. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, but it's got it's got all the stuff that like. And I mean, it's got the the, the Brett funk and the the other wild components that you you know you can get beyond just the straight lactic sourness, which when I are, think. When are we going to see that on tap here? KMF. <laughs> yeah. It may happen, not saying anything. I mean, if there's kegs of it right across the street that you can call and get over here to put in this beer. Right. Um, uh, that would be one of those I said, things. I've said too much. <laughs> interview over. Uh, uh, this, when is uh, when is Utopias released? What time of year is that typically? Um, <laughs> right. Does, does that ever go on draft? Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be honest, these are all in internal <laughs> discussions. We we may or may not be uh, following, uh, pursuing. So. We want to see how busy this tap room can get. <laughs> yeah. <when> we, uh, <laughs> right. I think that this was the fear that uh, Sam Adams had of getting you on the show was uh, <laughs> right. that I'm going to pepper you with these Secrets. questions. <laughs> no, I I I'm really liking this beer. I mean. Right. At one time, there were not a lot of sours in Cincinnati, and that's definitely not the case now. There's some really fantastic sours, so it's hard to create something that stands out that uh, becomes like a, a, a hyped sour. And this is definitely not going to be a hyped sour nope. around town. Nope. But when you come sit down in the tap room, you sit at that bar, and you start talking to the bartender, and they ask you what you like, because that's what you do. Yep. Um, and he's, oh, I usually drink sours, and this gets put in front of you. I think you're going to have a whole lot of very happy beer sure. drinkers. And to be honest, this is just kind of, uh, this is all, you know, I'm, I'm new to the system. So everything that's coming up here is almost trial-like in right. a way, right? So um, if I can nail the base down, um, and I, it's a two-and-a-half barrel system, it's like a huge homebrew system. Right. I can walk over to Finley. It's not a huge homebrew system. <laughs> I can walk over to Finley Market and get some cool produce and stuff right. like that, and you know, fruit or whatever, and they add might it to this. Deliver it for you here. I it's think not they that probably far. would. Yeah, I think we could probably do some like beer for fruit. Yeah, no, I don't know. That could be illegal. I don't, think it's yeah. illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so like you know, there's some springboarding off of this that I think will come down in the future. So maybe this isn't the sexiest beer right now, but but it, uh, it could it, it's got some potential. That's um, for sure. Yeah, it definitely stands out for me so far. But that's right. ju- I am also kind of that that nerdy traditional kind of beer guy, just because there is so much other stuff going on right now, and becomes kind of noise after a while of fruited this and fruited that, and you know, sure, absolutely something like this does stand out a little bit more for me. But well, great, um, it's great. It's delicious. It's uh, exactly to me. 
to me, like uh, some people will disagree. This is what a, a Berliner is supposed to be. It's uh, a beer that just has that little bit of tartness to it, and um, it's delicious. Great. Well done. Thank you very um, much. Okay, let's talk about the brew house a little bit before we keep going. Because, sure. you know, we've mentioned it a couple times. You said it's basically just a nice homebrew system, which is a <laughs> horrible understatement of what's going on back there. Yeah, I guess maybe you're right. <laughs> um, it's two and a half barrels, so I guess size-wise there are... I would argue that systems. some people in Cincinnati or in the country have a homebrew system that is close to two and a half barrels, yes. perhaps, maybe? Yeah. I, I think that there are a lot of people probably in Cincinnati yeah, yeah. that have some that rival that, but it's a two and a half barrel Browcon, fully automated, gorgeous brew house. Yep. You walk back there, the, the you know, if you've Anybody's seen the the um, Taft's Ale House uh, fermenting room and stuff where it's all tiles and it's beautiful. It's exactly what you've got going on here. It's just gorgeous. I would be afraid to drop hops on the floor or something like that. Or, you know. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> it's, it's just it's 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 beautiful. I mean, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about kind of the, um, the 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 brew house in general. Just so yeah, it's um, it's it's. Hands down, the the the, uh, the nicest brew house that I've ever worked on. Um, but it's a it's a it's a four vessel um, browcon. Um, the mash we like to call it is a mash kettle because uh, it actually is is steam jacketed and um, it's programmed to to dial in at any temperature, so I can mash in at 122 and raise it to 145 and raise it to 156 and you know 170 um, so for mash out weird yeah. step mashing yep. stuff that weird I don't step really mashing understand. stuff yep uh, we can do what we call decoction so we'll transfer some of it out of there and then boil part of it and drop it on um, for some flavor contribution and some other um, uh, enzyme activity stuff that goes on there um, so so in that regard um yeah i've never worked with anything like that um yeah so mash kettle then louder ton um which has got you know it's automated with rakes and plows and all that good stuff and then boil kettle um and uh, and uh and whirlpool um it's Basically, all of the bells and whistles and good things about brewing at a place like Rheingeist or Taft's or Madtree or one of those, you know, super big places around town. But with all of the uh, fun and, uh, I guess, charm, if that if I can use that word, of a yeah. place like Fibonacci or Darkness yeah, yeah. or one of those smaller yeah. places that um, has some of that flexibility to kind of just play around with things and... Um, yeah, if something doesn't ha- go right, to not have to worry about dumping a hundred barrels of something down a drain. Right, exactly. It <laughs> is. It's this little little playhouse that's that's pretty pretty cool. There's yeah. definitely nothing in Cincinnati quite like that. And when you walk into the tap room, there's four serving tanks that kind of sit on one side of the bar. Um, that's for the tap room exclusive stuff that yep. um, gets piped right out there and served right from those. Uh, goofy little, they look like little barrels stacked yep. up. In it. Little stainless barrels, really cool. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, nothing, uh, nothing that I've ever seen quite like this, but yeah, um, definitely, I'm sure starts a few conversations when people come and sit down at the bar, like, what is going on there? Yep, exactly. <laughs> and they want to turn the nu- <laughs> turn all the valves, and you're like, ah, don't touch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not just for show. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, beyond that, it's got the, the little uh, hop doser, automated hop doser um, controls, and, uh, and um, yeah, I, I'm not really sure where <laughs> can, else to go. Can you that. control it from your phone? I can. That is, I was showing somebody at the bar that today, and they were like, oh, what, can you run this from your phone? I'm like, actually, I can. Well, and then with, with a system that's as automated as this is, you can have hops ready to go in, and you literally can just sit outside the window with a beer and watch it. I don't know. It's gone. It's done. It's supposed to be. It's <laughs> pretty awesome. That's true. Uh, and then yeah. on the other side. I'm actually s- way more busy than that. If anybody's listening. <laughs> no, no, no. If I- <laughs> It's a lot of work, on I the, promise. On the other side of the tap room is the uh, the fermentation room, which was there six yep. or eight? Six S- tanks? Six tanks. Um, again, kind of a really crazy, fancy little tanks. They're not just fermenters. They're, they're kind of they're, you, yeah, so so they're like the, the unit tanks where you can ferment and, and uh, use them as bright tanks. Right. Um, so, we're, yeah, we kind of have this system. Um, they are... Technically, uni- they're conical tanks, so um, you could call them uni tanks if you want. But w- we call them MPVs, multi-purpose vessels, and they um, could be used for fermentation. They could be used for um, beer clarification, bright tanks, um, um, carb tanks, or uh, storage tanks. Um, so we kind of just we don't have one or two set uh, a bright tanks. Um, for, for finishing the beer. Um, we just kind of use whatever's open at the time and, and transfer the beer into that tank, and that tank becomes the bright tank. Or right. that beer, that tank becomes, you know, whatever's open next is then the fermenter or something like that. Again, so just more It's kind of just a nimble way, and it works pretty well, actually, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the brew house. And then the... the uh, uh, um, hmm. CIP skid, I guess, back there. That's pretty cool. Never had one of those. Um, it, it's probably like a must-have if I go anywhere else. I'm becoming well, so I used think, to. I the think we've heard that from some of the breweries <laughs> yeah. that are definitely expanding or starting up now yeah. that are, you know, doing things a little differently than I think some of the early guys did. That you know, this is this is definitely the important side. It, it's People important. are starting to figure it's, that it's out. It's very, very important. Um, yeah, it just it just I, I've always looked at it if. The more easy it is to clean something, the, the better chance it's going to get clean. <laughs> the, the better chance it'll get done right away right when it's supposed to yeah, and right. fully. Yep, exactly. So having one of those is just it just makes it makes cleaning so much easier, and therefore it gets done right. better. So uh, tap room itself, if I was going to describe it, it would be like this mix of industrial kind of yeah. I think a lot of people are used to the industrial tap room kind of thing but there's a whole lot of warmth brought into be it from uh, the, the barrels on the wall to fireplace to uh, barn wood on the, the bar have you um, sat in those chairs by the way? I have, they're amazing <laughs> um, <laughs> I get a little bit of crap every time I say this but if anybody is opening a brewery in the near future please for the love of God don't use the stools and I will text you a picture of the stools if you need me to do not I know that they're yeah. cheap and I know that they're easy but please 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 do something different because it's not fun to sit in one and I will leave the brewery a little quicker if I'm uncomfortable sure give me a comfortable seat and you yep. guys nailed it <laughs> yeah and if if those are not what you want to sit in 
there's yeah. a whole bunch of other comfortable and sitting I, I guess there's, you could sit in, on the couch in front of the fireplace if you really felt there's okay. porch swings yeah. um, a la 8 ball you yeah, know, the, yeah, yeah. The, sure. the swing which I'm surprised never fell out of their ceiling <laughs> um, yeah. there's a reason um, for anybody that's upset that Braxton Labs did not keep the swing um, I think when they were doing some remodeling in there and they opened it up and saw how it was hung, they said, we can't, yeah. we can't bring this back. <laughs> um, there's, of course, a massive patio outside, um, which, again, yeah. hats off to Sam Adams for putting the patio on. I know yeah. that you know a lot of time, this time of year, it's um, a little bit of wasted space, but um, in the summertime, that's going to be amazing. Fire pit outside. Yeah, and the... Those benches are kind of a homage to the to the uh, German beer garden. Yes, it's it's uh, very very German beer garden uh, yep. feeling. Um, the thing that I discovered about the tap room tonight that I did not know on the table uh-huh, there's one yeah. of those little like inductive charging. Is that what they call it? Yeah. If you've got one of the newer phones that can do it, you just set it on the thing and your phone charges yep. just on the table. Yep. Coolest thing ever. <laughs> we, we plug in our tables into the wall. Yes. <laughs> when, I was, when I was plugging in the podcast stuff, I saw the plug on the wall and I traced it up. I'm like, why is the table plugged in? I'm like, are there USB outlets on my note? I'm like, oh, and I saw the little symbol. And like, That's cool. Uh, really, USB, USB is so old. Really, you just now place really, it on Really, really goofy yeah. little detail that I think a lot of people won't notice, but to me stands out as another one of those, just those little ways that this is just done so differently than what other people have done tap rooms around town. So, sure. again, hats off for, uh, for for the little details like that. Let's keep working through the flight. All right, what do we got? Uh, let's see. 11 and 12. I know one of them is an Oaks Dunkel, which yep. I assume is this one. Yep, let's do that one. That's going to be... What? My 12 is different than your 12. Uh, yes, it is. If if you're tw- if that's a New England IPA, <laughs> no, that's that's probably another. That's another Berliner. That's another Berliner. <laughs> you got ripped off. Anyway, better you than me. <laughs> um, tell me, t- tell me about the oaked dunkel. That's not awkward. <laughs> Do a great job here at the tap room. Yeah. Well, there was you There's had the confusion. You yes. had the New England IPA. This is my fault. There was it's, a little yeah. ding in your glass and and. Some confusion some happened. Confusion. And That's all right. Anywho, here can, we go. You can have a couple sips of mine if you need it. Uh, Oak Dunkel. Um, t- tell me a little bit about it. Um, is this, this is not in a barrel, I'm assuming. This is not right? in a barrel. Um, so. Uh, so this is, um, it's kind of a traditional Munich Dunkel. Um, kind of this multi bread crust um, super smooth lager amber lager um, that I actually aged on some oak spirals because uh, it's not barrel aged so um, what do you it does have a little bit of like a boozy quality to it though does it yeah, um, yeah. And, and maybe it's just in my head because of the oak but um, almost like a like a smoky scotch kind of thing going on yep. but, um, which would in part but you know that's why where the scotch would like impart some of the right. flavors so um to me it's I, you know i get a ton of vanilla on this thing it's almost like this candied pecan and vanilla and um uh dash of coconut even but it's it's yeah, got this kind of like um oaked i mean the oak to me is really just imparted this it's like a huge sweet, vanilla it's like, a, it's like a, like yeah. a sweetness to me that comes through which mm-hmm. um is one of the things I love about oak when, you know, a lot of times you'll get a barrel-aged beer that uh, 
is a little too much of the barrel, a little too much booziness to say, hey, look, we used a bourbon barrel kind of thing. This, sure. this kind of showcases some of that other side of oak that is... Yeah, what what, oak. El- what, what else it can do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not spirit, not, um, you know, not some of the other things that you think of when you think, you know, obviously spirits are aged in oak barrels or whatever, right. so you're not... You're not getting the full spirit character, but it's just kind of what what the oak would have done to that spirit, I guess, if that right. makes sense. No, the, this one is definitely a today beer, a cold, rainy <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. You know, sitting side by the fire beer. This is this is great. But again, um, this one's just, I mean, this is a shade under 5%, too. That so was my next question. Because yeah. it, it, it drinks like it's a bigger beer, but it doesn't have that yep. kind of, yep. um, it doesn't have, obviously, the alcohol burn that you get from some other stuff. It doesn't have the uh, the, the big kind of body that, that sits really heavy sure. while you're drinking it. It goes down nice and easy. And so I don't know if you're sensing a theme here, but I think the first three that we've tried have been under 5%, just to let you know. That. Right. <laughs> that's, I, you know, and, and again, I probably lose some of my street cred by saying this, but that's what I want, when I, especially when I'm going out to a tapper most of the it's time. me raising I my hand. Yep. Yeah. A, a big, giant beer. I, I appreciate them and I enjoy them, especially at home, but um, if I'm going out, I, I want to have more than one beer. And if it's a big, you know, Ten or twelve percent stout, and I get a big pour of it. I, I'm that's it for the night. Yep, I, you know, that's I, I have to go home. Yeah, so. they're like dessert to me. You can have one or so, maybe two, but like, you know, you're not gonna eat five pieces of cake or whatever. Right. Yeah, right. So. Well, I mean, sometimes I well, eat five pieces of cake. If it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't tell people I eat five pieces of cake. <laughs> I just do it. <laughs> this I I enjoy this a lot. Um, it's actually, you know, just kind of looking so far at the ones we've tried. It's really hard for me to pick something that's a favorite because they all, they all definitely have uh, very defining characteristics that that pull them together as a, as a unit, I guess. Yeah. But they're all very different from each other too, and it makes it really hard to kind of pick a favorite out of them. But good, that's a good problem. Is, uh, yeah. This is definitely in the running. But Thank it's you. It's also the one in my hand right now, so that's the way it works. <laughs> this was actually, um, we put it on draft today, so you're one of the. I don't know, 15 people, 10, 20 people? There's more than, well, I don't know who all has one <laughs> on their hand, but um, this is... It's a packed house here. So one of if, the 80th people that... If anybody's it. sitting at the bar and can, is listening, um, you need to order this next because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm liking that a lot. That's, again... It just fit, like, the, the finish, like... After the sip is gone, you're just kind of left with this like smooth oak character. Like, it's oh. it's another one of those beers that I think would be really fun with different kinds of food to watch how the beer changes. I feel like there's some some characteristics that could be pulled out of that with other things. Um, be it the you mentioned coconut. You put this with the right dessert. Sure. You can pull that coconut right out and make it big and in your face. And I always think that's fun with the beer to um, you know kind of screw around with the flavor profile by eating with it. You know, it's it's, sure. it's fun. Absolutely. This is great. Great. Um, the last one on my flight is a New England IPA. Um, <laughs> We're going to have to share. Now, yeah. this is a Taproom exclusive New England IPA, so this is, this is not the same as the Sam. So this one is, um, we, we have been playing with um, uh, trying to dial in this brew house. So because of that, it's the same recipe. But it was brewed here to see how close we could get to oh, make now, sure see, the now brew house. I'm really curious. I need, to, <laughs> I need to try them side by side. Yeah. I actually have um, a bunch in my 
actually in the cooler at home. So, um, oh, yeah. mentioned the 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 baby gnome's birthday this last weekend was. Um, in my house, our two-year-old birthday parties are probably different than a lot of people's two-year-old birthday parties. And there's a lot of drinking that happens, and uh, somebody brought over oh, a six-pack. I know, I know about the two-year-old drinking excited. parties. Yeah, and so <laughs> I have. Um, I, we call Big Blue is the cooler that's in the basement that's for parties at the keg-sized cooler that you know just everybody when they bring beer dumps it in there with ice. Sure. So there's still like a full cooler of beer, and some of that beer is the the New England IPA, and I'm actually looking forward to cracking one open tonight. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, mean, I would yeah. be curious to see them side by side. Have you tried them side by side? I have actually tried them How side close? by side. How close? It's pretty close. Um, the numbers are a little bit off, um, but even I mean, and this is another thing that's great about. Uh, working here is that I literally have a lab de- lab department across the street, sensory panel, all this stuff. So we I send and it over there. Not just like a little lab, like yeah, yeah. you've got like yeah. really crazy stuff going on I over do. there. Man. And they which is actually great and very refreshing uh, sometimes is that they don't care who you are. So like, you know, if you have a friend try a beer and they're like, Oh that's great I'm like, Oh that's great Send it to the taste panel, and then you get feedback. That would be like real yeah. feedback, and it's it's So you said harsh. taste panel. Are they accepting applications? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they are not concerned about hurting your feelings. Well, so I, it's it's really refreshing. I've to, talked to, to a couple other breweries around town here that have some way or another gotten things into the lab or yep. into mm-hmm. I don't know about the taste panel, but sure. into into the lab across the street. Yeah, they've been very nice about that. Say yeah. say the same thing very loudly that like this is this is incredible the things you can get from what they've got going on over there. So. Yeah. Um, that's that's yeah, that's another beyond this whole brewing thing, just the ability to have um, beers analyzed is is like a whole nother door opening up, like to really dial in like what you're right. up against. So yeah. Um, I know one of the kind of fun or trendy things about New England IPAs is playing around with different hops and playing mm-hmm. around with things like that. Is that something that we'll see here? Is like, oh yeah, here's the Sam Adams New England IPA that everybody knows it's on a shelf, but we screwed around and we threw these hops in it this time, or these ones, or did this or that with it. So it's almost like you read my mind. <laughs> like this is a fantastic segue. So um, coming up in the next. Probably, actually, I think Friday. Uh, yeah, that's Friday. Um, I'm going to be releasing a New England IPA trial. So we're going to kind of get into this trial world. So part of my role is that um, I actually work with the innovation department in Boston. Like that's my bosses all live in Boston in this innovation department. So I'm kind of this innovation arm. Um, and because of that, uh, I. I Part of my job is to innovate in that space and to create, like, using some of these new hops. Right. Using uh, so you probably whatever. Can get some really cool things though, too, because of to that. Play with all the <laughs> nicest toys. No, it's it's um, yeah, absolutely. You're gonna get a lot of local brewers coming, sitting, hanging out here, just yeah. to kind of, hey man, what, what do you no, got? <laughs> I, I got an email the other day that um, we've got all these kind of exclusive hops, and uh, if I'd be willing to want to play with them, and I'm like. <laughs> like like I couldn't get the tech the email out fast enough. Like yes, get them over here. Um, so yeah, so um, the one that's coming up is uh, Sabro. I don't know if you've heard of that mm-hmm. hop. Um, and Gal, I mean, Galaxy. Yes, everyone kind of knows about that one, but it's kind of hard to get by. It's hard to come by if you hard to get and yeah. a little expensive when you do get sure. it. Sure. Right so um, 
I think those two combinations, the Sabros, like, like it, it's this tropical coconut um, smoothie kind of thing, and right. Galaxy is obviously uber tropical fruit. So, put those two together. So those will be that'll be coming out uh, the end of this week. But yes, so to answer your question. Yes, yes. We'll, we'll see yeah, some yeah, fun yeah. playing around with uh, yeah. the New England Absolutely. category. Yep, and um, other stuff too. I mean, um, like uh, exclusive malts for lagers, and you know, some just just a lot of fun stuff. So a lot of the or, uh, some of the taproom exclusive things that we'll see here are not necessarily just hey, let's screw around and play and make this style. A lot of it is also going to be things that are coming from Boston, where they're saying, hey, we have this idea. Can you? try this and just see sure. what what the reaction yep. is to it and what the so it's kind of like we almost have this like little like hive mind growing here right. so like um and I, I don't know if you know that but um downtown boston is kind of opening up a uh, a brew pub there as well outside of the like the boston brewery right. but so then they'll have kind of the same system so we've kind of we're building this like almost like little network of like right. you know innovation breweries where we can like pull data from each one and learn from each other and kind of like use like just this hive mind basically well, like everyone's kind of like it showcases also this other side of where the industry can go especially with a bigger brewery like Sam Adams um, where it's it's different now like it's not it's not the craft beer of the 90s where you just made your Boston lager and 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 threw it out to as many yep. places as you could and let it do its thing. This constant innovation, this constant rethinking of things yep. and trying new things. And well, and that's another thing that's amazing. Like, I mean, Sam Adams could easily just kind of try to rest on their loins with, like, Boston Lager and just try to push it. But, like, no, they're dropping these amazing, like, you know, state-of-the-art brew houses and pushing innovation, like, and that's not stopping ever. And right. that's, like, huge to me. Like, I don't know. It's... A, Something you don't really see. It's I guess. it's it's really fun to watch, and I don't know if it's 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 more fun just because we do have this connection to them because we're Cincinnati and they're right there and they've been right there. They, right. you know, I, they. And I get I get a lot of crap when I say it, but they saved brewing in Cincinnati at one time. You know, we almost lost all of our breweries. We were losing all of our breweries. Yep. Um, and they came in when Hudipol uh, Shandling was closing and bought the space as their first brewery. Like they were contract brewing all you know in a couple places around the country yep. and said, you know what, we're putting down our roots here. We're the Boston Beer Company, and Cincinnati means something to us. It's not the smartest brewery in the world. It's not. It's not big and fancy, and it's. Uh, I've heard that the uh, the the ground that it's built on is probably not even the best ground for a brewery <laughs> building to go. There's lots of things that make this not ideal. Right. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, but right. that's not what it's about. It's not and, efficient, right? And it's yeah. that's it's it's it means a lot to a, a Cincinnati craft beer geek that it didn't matter and that there was something else behind it all that uh, that, that that was important to Jim Cook and uh, yeah. That's why I'm a lifelong Sam Adams fan. <laughs> that and um, the beer, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Um, probably more so the, uh, the 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 story side of it. You know, there's we live in a world now where you can get great beer in a lot of places. You can get from 
uh, the tiniest breweries to the biggest breweries, there's great beer being made. Yep. And you have to have something else behind it all to make it make it resonate with us as drinkers. And um, Sam yep. Adams has has nailed it. Um, I'm couldn't I'm, agree more. I'm I'm sold on on this idea here, <laughs> and I. Uh, I, I really yeah. hope that everybody that listens to the show, if they have not already been down here, get down here. And, uh, yeah, come down, please. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, so, kind of taking a step back, going a little bigger picture. Uh, well, let's stay a little medium picture right now. So, on the brewing side, um, is there any other s- things that you guys are working on that uh, you can talk about? or? Um... It's really well. One, you guys doing a Bach beer? Let's start there. Yeah, I got a double Bach. You got it. Yeah, yeah, well, okay. Bach. I'm just yeah, making sure yeah, yeah. because that's hey, man. It's one of those styles. That, <laughs> are you? Don't come at um, me, bro. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where you guys are located, in my opinion, you you have to make a Bach beer. But sure. I think Ryan guys did their first one last year, and I think that's a, a, a tragedy that they went a couple of years without making one. Sure. But I know that Bach beer only sells for a very short period of time, and then everybody's like, "Oh, well, Bach beer now? Yeah. It's not March." Um, I have a two and a half exactly. brew house. <laughs> if it doesn't sell that well, I'll take it home with me. <laughs> you know, OTR is also the center of the Bach universe for a weekend there, and um, I yep. imagine you'll go through most of your Bach beer yeah. <laughs> in that weekend. So yeah, uh, absolutely, Bach. Um, yeah, we got that. Should be ready the week before Bach Fest, so that'll be right on time. And uh, I don't know, beyond that, it's... It, um, I'm kind of on this mission to like, because it I have such a small brew house and I don't have to worry about scalability or anything like that. I'm I I, I want to get as many like local ingredients or vendors in as possible. Like right. that's kind of like like I you know I've talked about leveraging uh, Finley Market across the street, but the, just just um, I don't know just really just like having fun with it and using like what kind of local ingredients I can figure out so um, that's kind of the main mission uh, for now uh, ideally personally would be pretty sweet if one of my beers ended up in a can someday <laughs> but if anybody's listening I'm Is, <laughs> I, I assume with the size of what you're doing here there's no chance that packaging would ever come out of this location um, it would be um, well, we have crawlers. I'm just kidding. Well, I guess that does count as <laughs> Um No, but I see what you're saying. Uh, it would... I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say no. But um, you're also not saying yes. That's I'm not, not something you yeah. guys have on the calendar for... <laughs> not for any foreseeable future. Um, I am probably going to actually get some wine barrels and do some sour stuff over there because we got the sour cellar. So th- those might be some small one-offs that end up coming out down the road but do you have to like put your barrel in a corner over there with like a like a tag on it says don't touch my barrel yeah this that's is exactly the, right the little guy across the street remember me and just don't take this <laughs> pretty much yeah uh, or just have to like yeah I just have to like yeah keep an eye on it every day what keep is this it little barrel over here <laughs> yeah, that's right get, get this thing out of here um so I, yeah I, w- I would say as far as like um yeah for the most part like I'm gonna say clean beers, non-sour beers, or barrel-aged beers. Uh, um, yeah, packaging's in right. no, n- nothing soon, right. besides the crawlers. Yeah. So, bigger picture, you are 
now a cog in the the Sam Adams universe as craft beer continues to grow and evolve and change and um, you know the meaning of craft is always changing the meaning of what it means to be a craft brewer or a craft brewery is always changing mm-hmm. um, are there fears of how the the community as a whole is is shifting and changing or um, I think there's a question that is in there somewhere but <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a very like big kind of yeah. idea of it are there fears uh, I mean obviously you're there are new breweries popping up every day and obviously that's um, something to be concerned about I, I think at any level of, of being a brewery um, you're you're fighting for market space or chair you know shelf space or um, or whatever but uh, I, if there let me rephrase it this way and if you, if you don't have an answer for it that's okay but if if there comes a day where Sam Adams is not considered a craft anymore. Do you think that people locally turn their backs on a place like this, or do you think people have enough ownership of what this is as drinkers that they can? I think that's. I think, I, and that's a big if. I think if that's yet that to be seen because even if, I mean, if people start distancing themselves from Sam Adams because they, for whatever reason, feel that it's lack of craft or whatever as um, they drink their lagunitas ch- and more yeah, yeah right <laughs> I would challenge them to come here and see that it's it's not that way because I mean from where I'm sitting uh, it's uber craft here like you know what I mean like, right. like so that's kind of I don't know that's my answer to that one I guess yeah so safe to say that you feel like Sam Adams is uh even if this 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 big entity of what Sam Adams is, there's enough separation of what this is too that it's it lives in its own. Uh, I don't know how do I? It, not that it lives like, in its own it's universe because it doesn't, yeah, yeah. but it has its own it's identity, its own, it has yeah. its own um, uh, personality to it. I would also so so I literally just got back from orientation as I had told you earlier. So uh, um, which is something that was amazing um they literally any new hire um in the company whether you're an hr or logistics person or anything like that you go through this week-long training um or orientation we'll call it where uh you drink with jim cook you hear from every aspect of the of the business you all meet together you um kind of create this amazing like I don't know. It's like this kind of this culture that 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 uh, um, I, it's hard for me to put my finger on it, but it's like we're all kind of in the same boat, and, and we learn what's going on with the company. We we understand uh, like what's going on in the industry. Um, gets everybody on the same page. Kind of gets everybody, everybody on the same page. Yeah. Um, but it's like, we, like, I know now, like, I'm kind of losing it here. Uh, 
kind of forget where I was going with this one. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, it was kind of like you get to see the brewing side, you get to see kind of the innovation side, you get to see what else is going on, and basically just kind of know that we're on the forefront of innovation. Like, like right. we we see what's going on. Like, we understand that. Like we, we see these kind of trends. Like as know as much on. as Sam Adams is a a big entity, a big a big machine of sorts. Yeah. It's made up of lots of lots of little parts that are all kind of working sure. together in the same exactly the same big unit of of a company and then of craft beer as as a whole. I guess. Yep. Um, it's and, and like. like Literally, the innovation department. Like, if you go to Sam Adams in Boston, the the facility that they have there is is like state of the art. They have um, a nano brewery, kind of like here, but instead of all these fermenters, they have like one barrel fermenters, <laughs> and then they split that brew into all these different fermenters and add different yeast and add different things. And like, f- so from one batch of beer, you can get you know, all these different variables out of them. Right. And it's just, like, you know, like, that to me is, like, like you're, they're just constantly, constant, like, constant. And, and I don't know if playing around is the right word, because it's very... Sure, it's playing uh, around. It, yeah. it, it, it's, it's playing around, like, as a, like a, like a geek. It's like geeks yep. playing around. It is. It's geek playland. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Where do you see, um, and again, this is very opinion-based, but, you know, looking at Cincinnati as a whole... Um, this city has changed a lot um, in the last ten years. Sure. Um, the last uh, the last five years <laughs> yeah, has changed. Right. The last year has changed. But where do you see this community going as a whole? You know, we we we've talked on the show a lot about beer tourism and what how do how does this city become a beer city like Asheville or Portland or whatever it is? Um, we've got the beer. You know, I, we I feel like we've got the breweries. We've got the people. We've got we have all these pieces, but yet. It hasn't all come together yet. What are um, we missing? Where does it go? That that's actually a really interesting question. Um, I I don't know. I personally I, think a brewery like this is a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think we've got the breweries. Um, we've got, I mean, from what I understand, like we've got the camaraderie of breweries. Um, I don't maybe maybe just the consumer embracing it or knowing what they have on their front doorstep kind right. of maybe like maybe that has something to do with it that's a great question not really sure this time in five years how many breweries do you think we will have in Cincinnati <laughs> <laughs> 385 10,000 <laughs> how many street corners are there I don't know and, and will one of those breweries be owned by Big Beer <laughs> that's the uh, 20% <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, that's all I've got for you. Do you have anything you want people to know about Sam Adams or just the Sam Adams tap room, the Nano Brewery? What what this is? I feel like it needs like a it needs like a little name that that Ooh. tells us that it's a little different. It's just not. This that's, isn't. This maybe isn't that's Sam I'll Adams, work on this. It. Yeah. Isn't Sam Adams? It's it's, it's also uh, it. it um, I call it C Tap. Since C Tap, Cincinnati <laughs> Tap Room. That's what I'll start calling it. Um. Uh, really, just if you haven't been down here, just come check it out. It, 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 it kind of speaks for itself. So uh, it's a beautiful place. Uh, hopefully, uh, you'll enjoy some of the beers I create out of here. Um, and if you haven't tried uh, any of the other Sam Adams beers, um, they're absolutely amazing. So uh, 
and a lot of time and effort went into them. Uh, so uh, just come down, check it out. Um, food trucks pretty much every weekend from what I've yep, seen. Food um, trucks, uh, and especially once it gets warmer, um, you know, the, the patio will be, will be game. and, and This uh, will be as, uh, it, the, the, the Rheingeist rooftop and the Sam Adams patio will be the two best places to grab a beer <laughs> in OTR yeah. um, in, in the, the, the warmer months. So if you like to drink outside, which who doesn't like to drink outside, <laughs> um, definitely come down here when the weather's warm and, um, and grab a Boston lager. I mean, I know that the stuff that you make, you're probably a little more proud of, but come and grab a freaking yeah, Boston re- lager. Retry it. If you haven't had it in a while... Flagship I mean, February. Yeah, yeah, We're absolutely. supposed to promote it. <laughs> um, Come on and drink it. Thank you yeah. very much. You're welcome on the show anytime. Great. Um, let's not make it 10 years between uh, between appearances. Deal. <laughs> Sensi Brewcast, the <laughs> voice of Sensi Craft.